This program is made possible by the friends and partners of Unspeakable Joy. I want to preach to you on what does the other side of your storm look like? What's it going to look like when you get to the other side of this problem? What's it going to look like when you get to the other side of this situation? If you found the book of Acts 27 and 28, will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I have no doubt that you have put this in my heart. Now, Lord, I need you to take what's in my heart, saturate my head, and overcome my words. You take my mouth, my thought, my mind, my heart, my spirit, and baptize it in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. You encourage your people tonight. Whatever they're doing, whatever they're dealing with, strengthen them, I pray, for it is in Jesus' name, amen. You be seated tonight. I'm not going to read a whole bunch of verses. I am going to refer to a bunch because I'm looking in chapter 27 and chapter 28 of the book of Acts. When you come to chapter number 27 of the book of Acts, you are coming into what we would refer to as the storm in the life of the apostle Paul. Paul has got roughly about three and a half years left in his life. He has just a few days before he lands on the banks of Rome's capital and he makes his way down into the Mamertine prison there in the city of Rome. As he is there in that Mamertine prison, he will be visited by people he is able to minister to the flock that God will allow him to minister to. And Dr. Luke tells us the story about the Apostle Paul. In order to get to Rome, he had to go by way of this ship. The Bible tells us in chapter number 27 that he hits a storm. And I promise you this, in your life, to get to where God wants to take you, you want to walk a path. You want to go down a road. You want to take a trail. God doesn't use trails and paths and ways and roads to get you to where he wants you to go. God propels his people to their purpose by going into and through storms. That's the way God operates. And here's why I'm starting to see. The reason that God uses storms in the lives of his people to get them where he wants them to go. Because if we used a pathway, you would be able to say, I walked and got to where God wanted me to get. And if you used a trail, you would say, I found where God wanted me to go. But when you go via the storm and you get there by the problem and the situation and the calamity, when you finally get to that place, you'll look up to the God of heaven and say, it was not by might and it was not power, but it was by the Spirit of of the Lord and you will give God the glory because through it all you've seen him be faithful and through it all you've seen him uh, be sufficient and Paul is in a storm let me give you some characteristics about this storm and see if you identify with this in your life number one it was a foreseen storm over in chapter 27 Verse number 10, here's what the Bible says about this storm. And Paul said, Sirs, I perceive that this journey will be with hurt and much damage. Now, how did he perceive? God had put it in his heart that the storm was going to be a big one. And he'd put in his heart that the storm was going to be there. You know what that teaches me? The captain did not know there was a storm on the way. And the sailors did not know the 
the storm was on the way, but God knew the storm was on the way. I remind you right now, your problem may have caught you off guard and your situation may have caught you by surprise, but it did not catch God by surprise and it did not catch God by accident. Everything that's happened in your life, God has already seen it for eternity. God's been looking at it from way back yonder in eternity past. I know that divorce may have caught you off guard. I know that sickness may have caught you off guard. I know that problem may have caught you off guard. I know that issue may have caught you off guard. I know that situation, whatever it was, and it caught you off guard, but it did not catch God by surprise. It did not catch God by that oops moment. God has never had one oops moment in his entire life. And you know, God's never watched the Oprah Winfrey show. He's never had an aha moment. You realize there's never been one time in the existence of God's eternal past where he said, ah, that would be a good idea. Or, ah, maybe if I did this, no. God already knew the end from the beginning. He already knew the left from the right. He already knew the up from the end. And he already knew it all. It was a foreseen storm. Your storm did not catch God by surprise. Number two, in verse number 14, here's what it says. But not long after that, there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurachlodon. You know what that means? Number two, it was a big storm. Can I help you with something? When you start naming storms, it's a big storm. When you start giving titles to the storm, it's a big storm. Now, you and I have had some big storms. You and I have had some big things that have come through. But rarely do we give names to storms. You know the things we give names to by way of storms? It's the kind of storms that shut down a city. It's the kind of storms that knock out the power grid. It's the kind of storms that level entire communities. Those are big storms. I want to help somebody right now in the house of God. Whoever is listening to the sound of my voice right now, do not belittle your problem just because it's not big in somebody else's eyes. I deal with people all the time and they'll say, I know this is not a big deal to you. And here's what I say. Don't try to belittle what you're going through in my eyes. If it's in your eyes, it's a big deal. Your situation may not be a big deal to anybody. Your situation may not be a big situation to anybody, but in your eyes, it's a big deal. Divorce is a big deal. Separation is a big deal. Cancer is a big deal. Problems are a big deal. Depression is a big deal. Situations are big deals. And don't you let the devil belittle you just because it is not big in somebody else's eyes. Can I help you with something? Don't you hate it when a doctor will tell you it's just a minor surgery? You know the only definition of minor surgery is when you ain't going under the knife. I love it when a doctor will tell me it's a minor illness. Well, let's trade. I love it when somebody has a problem and I hear somebody else who's already walked through all the problems. You know those kind of people in your life. The moment you get a problem, they've got a bigger problem. And the moment you've got a situation, they've had a bigger situation. You've got a kidney infection, they've got a kidney and a bladder infection. You've had kidney surgery, they've had all three kidneys removed. You know what kind of people I'm talking about right now. 
You know what that is an attempt to do? It's an attempt by the devil to belittle the problem in your mind. You know why? Because if he can make it feel like a big deal, we've got this idea that God only cares about the big stuff in our life. I promise you right now, if it's in your life, it's a big deal to God. If it's in your situation, it's a big deal to God. Their storm was a big storm. How many other storms in Paul's life had he named? None, honey. But yet this was not the first storm he'd ever been through. Number three, it was not just a foreseen storm, a big storm, but in verse number 23, notice what it says. It says, For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. Can I give you number three? It was an attended storm. Now here's what I want to tell you. You realize Timothy wasn't with Paul in this storm and people were not with Paul in this storm. He didn't have friends and family with him in this storm. But yet when friends were not with him and when associates were not with him, there was somebody beside him. There was somebody with him that was bigger than a friend and bigger than a family member. Here's what he said. He said, Timothy may not be with me and Titus may not be with me and Philemon may not be with me and Onesimus may not be with me and Sylvanus may not be with me but I am not deterred and I am not discouraged for there stood by me this night not just any night but this night not just any storm but this storm. He said there stood by me this night the angel of God. Ladies and gentlemen I remind you right now friends may have walked out on you. Family may have walked out on you. People may have walked out on you. Minds may have walked out on you. But God has never walked out on you. They may have abandoned you. They may have thrown you to the wayside. They may have abandoned your faith. They may have abandoned their walk. But there is a God in heaven that will never leave you and never forsake you and never go away. He's always there. It's an attended storm. Hear me now. People will walk out on you. Sanity will walk out on you. Money will walk out on you. But I'm telling you the most cliche thing a preacher's ever said. But it's the truest thing a preacher's ever said. The God of eternal power and glory will never leave you and he'll never forsake you. And though you may not feel him, though you cannot see him, he is standing with you. He's standing beside you. Now here is my question. How did Paul know that he was still... Oh God, it's getting bigger in my head right now. Here's what he said. He said, there stood by me this night. Now we find out in chapter number 27 there are no stars in the sky for 14 days they could not see the moonshine for 14 days they did not see the sunshine for 14 days how in the world did Paul see the angel of God standing beside him in the middle of the darkness in the middle of the blackness I'll tell you he did not see the angel he believed it by faith what he could not see he trusted because God had told him I will be with you always and I will never abandon you fear not my child for I am with you whithersoever you go stop living by your feelings stop living by what feels good stop living by the warm and fuzzies burritos will give you warm and fuzzies and maylocks will give you warm and fuzzies don't worry about the warm and fuzzies you worry about the truth where Jesus Christ said I'm the same yesterday to 
today and forevermore. He didn't abandon Elisha. He didn't abandon Elijah. He didn't abandon Moses. He didn't abandon David. He didn't abandon John Baptizer. He didn't abandon Paul. And he won't abandon you in your storm. It's an attended storm. Let me give you this other one. In verse number 27. Verse number 27, notice what it says. But when the 14th night was come. 14 nights this storm's been going on. You know what that means? That means it was an ongoing storm. Can I help somebody right now? Everything you're trying to do right now in your life, you know you're doing it for one reason. Can I help you? I'm not a mind reader nor a psychic, but I know what you're doing. You know what you're doing? You're doing everything in your power to get out of the storm. Get out of the problem. Get out of the situation. Get out of what you're dealing with. Can I help you? You can huff and you can puff and you can blow, but you can't make your storm stop. Why do you think people have to suck down medication day after day? Because they can't get the storm to stop. So they'll deaden the senses so they don't feel the storm. Can I help you? You can take all the pills you want. It ain't going to make the storm stop. Somebody ought to just hunker down and realize, I came to stay. Do you know why you need to tell the devil, I ain't going nowhere? Because he ain't going nowhere. Has anybody tried to make a deal with God before? God, if you'll let this stop, I'll do anything. And it didn't stop, did it? God ain't a deal maker. It's God's way or the highway. That's just the facts. Hear me now. How many of you have been a little bit like old Tyler Curtis? You get out of one storm, and before you can even get the praise off your lips that you're out of it, another one has... I know y'all ain't like that, but some of us in the middle are feeling it right now. You know why? Because of what I said at the beginning. God uses storms to propel to where he wants to take you. God ain't interested in using the primrose path. He's interested in using adversity. Therefore, if you're going to constantly be walking, you got to constantly be going. Let me give you one more. I'm getting too hung up. Number number whatever I'm, number I'm on. Verse number 44. Here's what it says in verse 44. It says, and the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. Now, here's what that meant. The storm got so bad, here you go, it was a breaking storm. It shattered everything that they were holding on to. They found foundation, and God busted it up. They had life jackets, and God sank them in the ocean. They had sails, and God ripped them to pieces. They had a mast, but God shattered it in half. 
You say, what's that mean? I'll tell you what that means. God will put you in a storm where every aspect of your existence gets broken in half. He'll rack your marriage. He'll rack your kids. He'll rack your mind. He'll rack your job. He'll rack your church. He'll rack your faith. He'll rack your praying. He'll rack your Bible reading. He'll rack your finances. He'll rack everything. You know why? Because he wants to show you it's not what you're standing on that's going to get you to where you're going. It's what you're holding on to that's going to get you to where you're going. Too many people in this life want to stand on success so God will take success away. And too many people want to stand on a happy this or a a successful that and God will rip it to pieces. You know why? Because only that which you hold close to your heart, that broken piece of wood is what's going to get you safe to land. Can I tell you right now, it's a broken piece of wood that gets you and I where we are. It's not our money, our church membership. It's nothing we have. It's an old broken piece of wood on the side of Calvary's hill. That broken piece of wood, Calvary's cross, that's the only thing I've got to cling to that's going to get me. And that's why God will break everything in your life. Can I tell you the quickest way? I've got a secret. Are you ready? The quickest way for God to stop ripping things out from under you is stop trusting and living for them. If you wake up every day and say, Lord, I don't care if you give it, and I don't care if you take it away. I'm going to say, blessed be your name. And when God gets you to that place, you'll find that a lot of the breaking stops because you're not holding on to anything but the cross of Jesus Christ. But I got one more. Are you ready? This was a survived storm. This was a survived storm. Paul made it. The captain made it. The people made it. And guess what, people of God? You are going to make it too. I know you don't think you're going to survive this problem. I'm telling you, you are going to make it. You don't feel like you're going to survive this. I'm telling you right now, you are going to make it. I didn't say it wasn't going to get rocky. I didn't say it wasn't going to get turbulent. I didn't say it wasn't going to be bleak. I didn't say it wasn't going to be dark. But I'm telling you right now, you are going to make it. Now, all of that was introduction. Don't let that scare you. I said all of that to get to this point. I know so many in this congregation are saying, that's where I want to be. I want to know what's it going to be like when I get to that part of the storm. I know what it's like in the waves, and I know what it's like in the wind, and I know what it's like in in the problem and the the thunder and the lightning. What's it going to be like when I get to the other side of my storm? Let me give you a few words that are going to describe what it's going to look like when you're finally done with this trial and you're finally done with this problem. And you're finally done with this issue. And it's finally over. I'll give you four words, five words, four words, three, however many words I got written down right here. It's what I'm going to give you. Here's how many words you need to understand. What's the other side of your storm going to look like? Number one, it is going to look like sweetness. It's going to be a place of sweetness. Notice what it says in verse number one. Notice where they landed. The Bible says in chapter 28 and verse number one, and when they were escaped, Then they knew that the island was called Mylita. Do you know what the Greek word Mylita means? It means honey hole. 
Do you know what they were famous for on Mylita? They were famous for their beehives, and they would make honey. Now, here's what I'm telling you. Paul had been in some bitter places. Paul had been in bitter prison cells, and Paul had been in bitter places of betrayal, but his storm had taken him to a place of real sweetness, a place of real honey. Here's what I'm telling you. I don't fully understand this. I can't fully describe this, but I have been on the other side of storms before I have made it through the wind before and I've always made it through the storm and when I get through I always say where I'm standing today is a lot sweeter than where I was standing yesterday it's a lot sweeter than where I was the day before I know it looks like it's not going to be anything but bitterness I know it looks like it's not going to be anything but problems but here's what I'm telling you on the other side of the storm there's a sweet place on the other side of the storm there's a sweet place and you'll have sweetness and you'll have grace where you had nothing but gore and you'll have sweetness where you had nothing but bitterness and you'll have holiness where you had nothing but sin and you'll have help where you had nothing but anxiety and there'll be peace where there was nothing but tribulation. I know it looks like it's all messed up right now. I know it looks like it's all falling apart right now but when you land in that place you'll land with your feet on the ground saying it's sweeter today than it was the day before. Son, I look at Wendell and Sandy back there and I heard their testimony. And I mean, I'm talking powerful stuff. I wish I could take a month and just let person after person after person testify where God's brought them from. And man, they'll tell you stories about what they were in and what they were dealing with. And man, they'll tell you where they're sitting right now. So Wendell told me one, Wendell drives for, uh, Uber. And so I, I had him one time drive me up to one of my revivals. Yes, yeah, what I said too, Jeff. <laughs> Son, I, I'm telling you, I was closer to Jesus when I got there, <laughs> proverbially and physically. And man, he told me story after story after story. And he'd get all choked up and he'd say, but I'm telling you. He said, when I pulled in the parking lot, he said, something hit my soul. And said, you're going to find healing here. Now here's what I'm telling you. When he was in those storms, and he was in those places, and he was in those problems, and he was in all that mess, he thought he would live his life in bitterness. But finally got to the other side of the storm, and he found a place of sweetness, and he found a honey hole. I'm telling you, child of God, on the other side of your storm, you'll finally get there, and you'll say, it was worth every mile of the trip. It was worth everything I had to go through just to have a a little sweetness in my journey. Now, I know you don't see it right now. I'm telling you, I know you don't see it. But one day, you'll arrive and you'll dip your hand down in the cool, clear stream and you'll just take a just a sweet sip. And honey, you'll have a belly full of honey in your soul because God's brought you safe through the storm. I got to go though. I got, I got a couple more. Number two, I'm really excited about number three. Let me give you number two. The first play, thing that will describe the other side is sweetness. Number two, in verse number two, notice what it says. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us, everyone because of the present rain, because of the cold. Can I tell you what else you're going to find on the other side of the storm? You're going to find a need. 
Paul had been through the storm. But guess what Paul had in the storm? He had the God of heaven. I know Paul had been through the, he'd, he'd been through the ringer. He'd been through the storm. But you know what he'd found in that storm? God was faithful. And of all the places Paul could have landed, you know where he landed? He landed in a group of people that were known as barbarous people. You know what that means? They were heathens. You know what that means? They were without God. You know what that means? They'd never heard of the one true God of heaven. Now I want you to think about something. Of all the islands that God could have directed that boat to, of all the places that God could have taken that ship to, he took them to the island where a group of people had never heard about the eternal God of heaven. And of all the people that God had put on that very ship that landed on that very island he put the preacher the man the guy that had the plan the guy that knew the answer the guy that had everything in line he put the apostle Paul here's what I'm telling you when you get to the other side of the storm and when you get to the other side of the problem and you get to the other side of your pain and your pain and your your hurt what you're gonna find you're gonna find somebody who needs the answer today that God gave you yesterday. How many people? Now I'm talking talk right now to those people that are really going through it or have been through it. Here's what you'll find. Those of you that went through divorce and you come out on this side sweeter and not bitter and not all riled up, I promise you at some point in your journey, God has or God will put somebody in your path that looks just like you did. You know why? Because they need today what God taught you yesterday. There are people in this room right now that are widows. And I mean God suddenly takes their spouse. And the storm blows and the winds rage and the thunder crashes and the lightning flashes. And they say, God, why? And then on down the road, when the storm's finally over, You land on the banks of somebody's shore that's wanting the answer to the question that God answered for you yesterday. You see, our God is all-knowing. Our God doesn't just have one piece of the puzzle. God has got the entire tapestry. And when you don't understand your today, you need to rest in the fact that God is already in tomorrow. My God, that's good. Let me say that one again. When you do not understand your today, you need to rest in the fact that God is already in your tomorrow. And when you don't understand the pain of today, you need to understand God is already in the answer in tomorrow. And what you're going to find on the other side of your storm is somebody that has exactly what God's put in you. I'm always amazed, always amazed, always amazed. I'm going to have to start wearing Under Armour. I mean, I have sweat clean through my clothes. Y'all going to come in here one day and I'm going to be in a track suit up here preaching. Don't judge me and don't hate on me. I'm about to die right now. I'm always amazed at the people God links you up with. I'm always amazed at how when I try to find people, it's always like that. But when God puts everything together, it's the yin to the yang. It's the positive to the negative. 
It's the, it, 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 it's the plug to the receptacle. You know why? When you finally meet that person that wants to know from you what God taught you yesterday, you know what you'll realize? I'm on the other side of my storm. Can I give you this third one? Lord God, I've been so excited. I got this in the shower. I was all sucked up. I about broke my neck writing it down on my phone. Can I give you number three? You know what you're going to find on the other side of your storm? Write this third word down. Enabling. Can I show you something I've never seen before in all my life? I've never paid attention to it in all my life. I've never thought about it in all my life until a while ago when I was getting ready for church. I want you to notice in chapter 28 and verse number 3. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, time out. What do you use to gather sticks? But before this storm, Paul was a prisoner. Do you know where they chained up prisoners? On their, on their hands. Now had Paul not listened to me. The storm that they thought would break. Paul didn't break anything but the chains that were binding his tomorrow. And here's what God did in that storm. He broke off of Paul what Paul was going to need tomorrow. He knew on the next day that Paul was going to have to gather up those sticks and put that fire together. But had he been in those chains, he never, ever, 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 ever would have had the liberty and the freedom to gather those sticks and set that fire. And so what God did, God broke the chains off today for the fire. Oh God in heaven he broke the chains off today for the fire he wanted to set tomorrow. He broke off the chains yesterday on the fire that he wanted to start today. I know it looks like God's peeling away things in your life. I know it looks like God's shaking away everything in your life but here's what God's doing. God's enabling you right now to, for today. He's enabling, ripping away those pride, ripping away those things you need, ripping away those things you depend on, ripping away those things you can't understand and he's enabling you to light tomorrow's fire on the other side of the storm there's enabling can I give you an example over two decades ago a little short lady lost a daughter suddenly taken with a sudden sickness and it set her out on the storm of a lifetime. But what she did not know is the storm of two decades ago. God was using it to rip chains off of her life and enable her to sit on a front row and look at a group of a bunch of little girls and crazy Levi Winfrey and take her little hands and lead her little hands and let them sing. And the burden she got today was birthed from the storm God put her through yesterday. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. You cannot see what God's trying to do in your life tomorrow. You cannot see where God's trying to take you tomorrow. You cannot see what it's going to look like tomorrow. That's why you got to endure the storm today. 
because on the other side, oh good God in heaven, on the other side of the storm, God will enable you to meet the need. Can I give you one more verse? Can I show you one more thing? How you know I'm not making this up? Look in verse number 8. Look in verse number 8. And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux. That's dysentery is what that is. To whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him. What did God do? God used the storm to free the hands that would change somebody's life. And the storm you're in today is loosening you up to change somebody's tomorrow. And I know you don't see them, and I know you can't find them, and I know you don't understand, but I'm telling you the storm you're in right now is enabling you to meet somebody. I got one more word. I got one more word. Oh, God, can I give you this one more word? I got the fourth word. Write it down. On the other side of the storm, you know what you're going to find? You're going to find this word, boldness. Boldness. Can I show you in verse number 5 of chapter 28? Can I show you right now? So Paul builds that fire, right? He puts that thing together, gets that fire, and when he goes to lay another stick, the Bible says that a viper, a snake, jumps out of that fire and latches onto Paul's hand. Anybody else been dead with a heart attack? I can tell you right now, I got stories right now. Scott, you know that house that they said was just in fantastic working order, and if you buy it, you'll never have any problems? Well, the other night I realized they lied. We're sitting in there. I got done preaching. Mason Curtis looked at me. He said, hey, Daddy, it was about 10.30, 10.45. I got in, and he said, hey, Daddy, can, 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 can we order a pizza? I said, sure, why not? So we called Domino's. They delivered it. It was 11 o'clock, and we're in there looking like two frat boys just eating pizza and drinking Coca-Cola and Dr. Pepper at 11 o'clock at night. Erica's sitting there, and all of a sudden, I hear... And if I'm lying, God strike me dead with what I'm about to say. Erica goes, rats. <laughs> the moment my wife said rats, she jumped up on the couch. Mason jumps up on the couch. Ella jumped up on the couch. And they say, go see what it was. I go in there and I lie not I lie not if I'm lying I'm dying the mouse had gotten into the cheese pizza box and was dragging a piece of pizza across my stove if I'm lying I've got two children that will testify that I'm telling the God honest truth dragging a piece of Domino's thin crust cheese pizza across my grated oven and is trying to take it down the way. And when I walked in there, I must have scared Stuart Little and he looked at me, threw a peace sign and went down behind the stove. I'm telling you. And I said, Erica, we got a problem. She said, I ain't sleeping in this house. 
I said, well, I don't know what you want me to do. She said, we're going to have to go find some mice traps. I said, honey, it's 1150. Walmart don't even stay open 24 hours. She said, the Walgreens on East Cornwallis stays open. I said, well, if I needed oxycodone, I'd be in good shape. So we get in our car. It is 1245. I am in my sweatpants. Ella is in her, uh, in her unicorn pajamas. Erica's in her pajamas. I walk into the Walgreens on East Cornwallis at 1245 on Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Walking in, I got on my Minnetonka bedroom shoes, my Under Armour t-shirt, my sweatpants from the fire department that I'd been given as a gift that the drawstring had broke out because I never thought I'd have to wear them out in public. And son, I walk in like this right here. And man, I walk in there. I really don't remember the point of this story. Oh, yeah, I do now. Thank you, Lord. The more y'all laugh, it gets deeper. I'm telling you right now. I go in there. I ask the lady at the register where the mice trap are. We go get them. I buy, I buy Jiffy Spiffy peanut butter, whatever it is, Skippy, whatever it is. I buy peanut butter. I go get the peanut butter. I set up around my oven on my countertop all four of those mouse traps, and I put peanut butter on them. My wife says, I'm not going to bed. I said, you can do whatever you want to. I'm done. We lay down in the bed. At this time, it's 2 a.m. in the morning. We go. We finally get to sleep, and at about 219 in the morning, I hear pow. <laughs> By the size of that pizza, I just knew I'd caught a beaver. I'm telling you, I thought that day, I knew it had to be huge. I walked in there, and Tim, if I'm lying, there was a mouse on that, and I thought, oh God, I'm going to die. <laughs> I get that stupid mouse, I go throw it outside, and go back to bed. Three o'clock. My heart, because I'm going to tell you what I know about mice. Where there's mice, snakes ain't too far behind. Had I been Paul that day, I would have had a heart attack. You know what that verse right there says in verse number five? Paul didn't worry. He just shook it off. Can I ask you a question? How does a man get bit by a snake that's latched on his hand, have enough mindset and calmness to shake it off? I'll tell you how. He'd just gotten out of the storm of his life. And a little snake latched on his hand wasn't going to do a thing to him. He looked at that snake and said, I'm going to tell you what you're fixing to do. You're fixing to burn in the fire. And he shook that beast off in the fire. Here's what I'm telling you right now. You may feel like you're not going to make it. But do you know what the storm is doing? It's toughening you up. It's hardening your spine. It's giving you something that will give you something to stand on. And you're going to have problems down the way. And you're going to look at those problems and the things which would have destroyed you back there. You're going to simply shake them off. I'm telling you right now, the storm is giving you boldness. You know what always amazes me about old people? They don't care about nothing. You can't upset a real old person. I'm talking old, I'm talking old people. Like these three amigos sitting over here on my side over here. 
I'm talking really old. I'm, senior citizen, you can't upset them. Hey, well, there's some of them you can. But a majority of old people, you got cancer. Well, I guess I'm ready to go to heaven. You tell that same thing to a young person, they'll be shook to their core. But that which shakes a young person, an old person just shakes it off. You, 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 you probably won't make it to see Christmas. Well, I guess I've had enough. You tell that to a young person, it shake them to their core. But an old person says, I guess I'll get to see the real reason for Christmas this year. And they shake it off. What would do that? I'll tell you what will do that. The storm that you're in right now. You survive enough storms and you'll have the boldness of a lion. And the devil can throw what he wants to at you. And he can throw pain and he can throw problems and he can throw situations. And he can throw all types of things. But you've been so emboldened by surviving the storm. Can I ask you a question? Have you ever thought, what made Paul not worry about that serpent? Are you ready? Snakes in the Bible are a type of the devil. Why wasn't Paul afraid of the devil? I'll tell you why. Because he'd just been with God in the storm. And he wasn't there afraid of that little snake that came out of that fire. There's people in this room right now. And when you get done with this and you find another storm, you know what you're going to say? Listen, I ain't worried about that thing. I've been walking with a real big God that get me through that last big thing. And I promise you this thing I'm going through right now ain't nothing. The other side of your storm is going to be a wonderful place. So just keep on walking to get to the other side.